It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back-to-back home losses for the first time all season as the Wolves spoil Cats' career night. I got Wolves expert Tyler Metcalf to help us break it all down. And it's all coming up next on the Locked On Wolves Postcast. You are Locked On Wolves Postcast, part of Locked On Minnesota on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up? What's up? Back in the lab. Back at it. Another T-Wolves postcast episode right here on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota Network. You got myself, Luke Inman, at Luke underscore Spinman. That's the man, Tyler Metcalf, on Twitter, at Team Metcalf 11. And before we get into all the action, quick reminder, tonight's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more with America's number one sportsbook and official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Right now, new customers, you're getting $150 in bonus bets with any $5 bet. $150 when you bet just five. Check it all out and visit fanduel.com slash locked on NBA. All right, man. Um, whoo, Wolves looking to bounce back after that five-point loss Saturday night versus OKC. And I, I know we usually start with the biggest takeaways, and there's plenty to get into uh, after those back-to-back losses here. But it's just not every night you get to sit back and watch someone put up 62 points. That's exactly what we got from Carl Anthony Towns tonight. That dude was a one-man wrecking crew. He couldn't miss early on. 44 at halftime. Dude started out 14 of 16 from the floor. 8 of 8 from 3. Target center was absolutely rocking tonight. But as fun as that was to watch, they end up letting the Hornets back into this one. Despite winning the battle, they lose the war. Something Jim Pete on the broadcast kept talking about in that second half. They lose 128-125, drop their second game in a row. But before we get into all that, let's digress just for a moment or two. Talk to us about Cats' career record setting night. 62 points, 8 boards, 10 of 15 from 3. That was absolutely wild to watch. I, it, it was one of the most fun shooting displays that we've seen from a Wolves player ever. It was incredible how just easy it all came. They didn't have anyone on the court who could guard him. Uh, the The outside shot was falling with ease and consistently. Uh, 44 points at half on 105.9 effective field goal rate. Pretty good. Um, he just couldn't miss. He was in the zone, you know, a couple missed free throws, but Still got 10 of them to go down by the end of the night. 62 points on the night, 10 of 15 from three, 21 of 35 overall. It's a stat line that should suggest a 30-point win. Um, it, it was a really, really special performance from him that unfortunately got wasted, but it really shows you how special of an offensive talent he is. Um, you know, I missed just getting ready for the show. I missed the, the, the last 30, 60 seconds. Was there a couple maybe a subjective blown calls there at the end on cat. I've seen a lot of people in the comment section already saying a couple missed calls on cat there right at the end. Did I miss those? Yeah. He got mauled going to the rim and there's, a, there's a pretty clear, uh, you know, hand across his forearm when mm. he went up for the shot. Mm. It sucks as a missed call. And, you know, Hey, you know, at least we can sleep easy knowing that it'll show up in the two minute report, um, which changes absolutely nothing. And this is the dumbest thing the NBA has ever <laughs> implemented. Um, I but is a missed call, but that's what happens in sports. Calls get missed, and you can't challenge that one. And the bigger issue is 
that they were down one in that spot to begin with. Sure. When absolutely one of your best players has 62 points on the night, you can't go back to that call and be like, oh, well, that's why we lost. And then, oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. That, that should have been called. But in no world should this have been a one point game at that Correct. moment. Yeah. No, absolutely. Sports are so wild, by the way, man. On the 18th year anniversary of Kobe putting up 81. Cat puts up his monster night. Joel Embiid puts up 65. That's almost like eerie. For those two performances to happen on the same night as Kobe's iconic game, uh, it's just absolutely wild. Almost get a little goosebump factor going on. Back to reality, though, what you were touching on. Major buzzkill to lose this one. And as fun and special as Cat's night was, I guess let's start diving into this one, how the Wolves let this one slip away. Talk to me about the Wolves' defense in particular, a defense that, hey, usually the best in the business, and and what gave them so many troubles with this Hornets offense all night? Yeah, and they they just couldn't contain the ball at all. So, mm-hmm. you know, the Hornets, the tallest player they started was six foot seven. So mm-hmm. they're playing five out. Everyone's on the perimeter. They're not looking to post anyone up. They're not rim running. They're not rolling to the rim at all. They're trying to empty the paint, and they did. And the Wolves have survived that most mostly this year because they've been really good at keeping those drives contained and keeping the ball handler in front of them or at least attached to them and not getting completely dusted. Tonight, that wasn't the case. And that's kind of been a, a reoccurring trend these last couple weeks where their point of attack defense has been really, really, really bad. Um, and they're letting guys just get into the paint at will. And the, the issue with that, especially with the five out system, is that either it forces someone to rotate really far over and completely leave their guy um, and leave them wide open for a three, which we saw a handful tonight where Miles Bridges, even JT Thor, Nick Smith, Brandon Miller, uh, LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier kind of got in that groove by knocking down a couple wide open threes. And then, you know, once they do that, help defense stops coming as regularly, which just creates a layup line, um, which we then saw. And now all these guys are in a rhythm. And that's when these really tough mid-range pull-ups that guys like Brandon Miller, Terry Rozier uh, were hitting late, those start becoming a little easier because they've seen the ball go through the hoop consistently. They're in a rhythm. They're in a groove. They're already scoring efficiently on high volume. It, 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 It was just kind of death by a thousand cuts, and they just couldn't stop them at all in a really kind of embarrassing display defensively from them. Uh, I know statistically still number one in a lot of categories, top three, top five in virtually every category defensively, but maybe not the same exact defense we got earlier on. I mean, have you seen any themes or trends happening you've noticed on the defensive side of the ball? Call it maybe the last two, three weeks or so. Yeah, it's really just it all, it all starts with the on ball stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And the, the these teams that have lethal mid range scorers. If you're not going to get over that initial screen, if you're not communicating switches on those, um, if you're not fighting back, if you're not staying attached, these teams are going to carve them up because Rudy wants to drop all the way back to the rim. He's He's been good. I'm not saying this is all him, um, but you know, there, there's a lot of cat and mouse game that goes on there. And if these point of attack defenders aren't staying attached, making those mid-range pull-ups really difficult and making and really pressuring the ball handler, it puts a lot of stress on those weak side guys to make really aggressive rotations, which then frees up wide open shots on the other side. And that that scrambling defense that we've seen 
throughout most of this year where guys are making multiple rotations in one possession when they do get beat off ball that's starting to kind of go by the wayside and we're seeing maybe one maybe two at most rotations and then guys kind of giving up on the play watching the ball shot goes up that's where you know their new assignment sneaks behind them for an offensive rebound so it, it all starts from that immediate point of attack and if guys aren't getting over those screens and really pressuring the ball and making life difficult for that ball handler their entire defensive philosophy goes out the window on top of that, too, only get nine points from Ant. That's not helping. Three of 11 shooting from the floor tonight. You got to mention, okay, he broke his career high in assist tonight with 11, but why such a quiet night from him? Because usually, I mean, these two are like Batman and Robin, right? I mean, yeah. we've seen plenty of times, plenty of games, just because one guy's putting up good points doesn't mean the other one can't, too. In fact, I think they still lead the league with the most 20 or more points combined from both of them in the same game in the entire NBA. So uh, I know there was reports he was dealing with some sort of illness of some kind, but outside of that, I guess, why was he so ineffective putting the ball through the hoop tonight? What'd you see from Ant? I, I, I hope he was sick. Um, right. You hope because so, he, right? He played like it. Um, I mean, there, there was nothing from him defensively. There's no energy on that end of the floor, but offensively he was just weirdly deferential in, almost to an extent that we've really never seen from him. Um, you know, you, you mentioned Kobe at the top of the show and it, it being the 18th anniversary of his 81 point game. It kind of reminded me of that outing where Kobe just didn't take any shots and just kept passing up open stuff after he got ridiculed for uh, his lack of passing and his lack of playmaking. And he made it a point. I don't think that was necessarily the, what Ant was going for tonight, but it just kind of felt like that where, the tallest guy that Charlotte played tonight was six foot nine mm -hmm. and should be feasting at the rim. And, you know, there should be plenty of lobs to Rudy. I can't remember a single lob being thrown to Rudy. And there were a lot of times where Ant would beat his guy um, on that first step in the initial drive. No one's at the rim and he would either, you know, use a snatchback dribble and take a mid range pull up. We saw that really late uh, around the minute, two minute mark in the fourth quarter from him, or he would just kick out instead of just taking it all the way to the rim. So I have to think I, you know, and I, I hope that it was an illness thing and he's really not feeling well. And he just didn't feel like he had that burst and explosiveness to get to the rim and finish there consistently because there were looks, there were a lot of really good looks for him to, to be had there. And he just completely ignored them. Yeah, well said there. And uh, as B just mentioned in the comments earlier, he only had two points in the first half last game versus OKC as well. Granted, ended up with 28, but that's back-to-back -back games now where he's been, I mean, virtually invisible for a huge yeah. chunk, a huge part of the game, at least when it comes to the bar we've obviously set now for him scoring points. I'm just curious. You've watched a lot more basketball than I have. How tough is it when a guy's as hot as Cat as a teammate to find the balance of feeding the hot hand, but being careful not to overcompensate and make sure you're staying committed to the game plan. So you come away with the win, obviously, because obviously as fun as Towns night was tonight to lose a game at home in which your 14 point favorites versus a eight and 31 team that burns, man, that really stinks. So how do you not let that happen as a coach and a teammate when a guy's cooking with gas, like he was tonight, just in general, I guess, what, what do you want to see from them? If you could do that second half over again, as far as, you know, stuff like ball movement and offensive game plan goes. Yeah. And it's really tough because when cats 
has over a hundred percent effective field goal rate in the right. first half. It's right. not, you know, it's kind of tough to come out of halftime and be like, all right, my time to shine. Here we go. Um, I'm going to start calling my own number. It's, it's tough to do that. Um, but when, you know, they start sending doubles and when cat racks up his fifth, sixth, seventh turnover and the offense keeps stalling out over and over and over again, that's where the value of a, an actual point guard kind of comes into play. And we didn't have Mike Conley tonight. I, I, I find it tough to believe that Conley, if Conley was playing tonight, that he doesn't settle the offense down late in that game, get them back into their spots, doesn't allow it to stall out for that five, six minute stretch in the mid to late fourth quarter there like it did. Um, some different things would be just they had no size. Go to yeah. the post. Yeah. Like yeah. go, go yeah. post up, uh, run a, a four or five pick and roll with Cat and Rudy. Get Rudy running to the rim, doing something. Exploit that size a little bit. We saw when the couple times that Rudy did rim run out of the pick and roll, they would send three, four guys to him. And that left guys like Jaden and Nikhil wide open in the corners. I know they didn't have great shooting nights, but if you're, and Nikhil was four or six from three, mm-hmm. but if you're going to get those wide open corner three looks, take them. And if they don't send four dudes on, to, you know, to chip Rudy's role, then you have an easy lob over a six, seven center. So it just felt like, all right, we're just going to let Carl take the ball now in the second half and do whatever he wants with it. Um, I don't necessarily fault Carl for that because that's just what the entire team and game plan kind of devolved into. But there, there wasn't any focus on getting cat easy looks um, in really high leverage, uh, spots on the floor. It was just kind of, here you go. I'm going to go stand out of the way now. Yeah, well said. All right, plenty more deep dive from this one, including the turnover struggles and the bench play as well. And that's all coming up next. Quick reminder, tonight's episode brought to you by BetterHelp. What are some things you want to keep the same about yourself or about your life in 2024? Where are you already crushing it? Try ditching all the New Year's resolutions and start expanding on what you already do right. Maybe that's organizing the closet or the garage. I know that's something personally I'm terrible about. Well, therapy can help you find your best strengths and maximize your own specific skill set so you can finally Ditch the extreme resolutions. Instead, therapy can help you make changes that really stick over the long term once and for all. If you've been thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited for your time frame. And it's so easy. All you got to do, fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched up with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time at no additional charge. It's time to start celebrating the progress you've already made. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash locked on NBA. All right, just a couple notes, observations here. I'm just combing through the box score here. Nah, you mentioned him starting uh, starting for uh, Mike Conley tonight. 18 points from him, big night for him. J-Mac, nine points. The bench only putting up 14 combined points between Nas Reed, Slomo, Jordan McLaughlin, and Shake Milton. Uh, I, I guess I'll just let you take this in any direction you want to go as far as what sticked out to you the most from everyone else basically not named Cat or Ant from this one. What caught your eye, for good or bad, with any one of those individual performances? Um, 
man, I, it, it was it's tough to find anything consistent or reliable off right. the bench tonight. Um, but you know that's why they're coming off the bench because mm-hmm. they're they're not the guys that you're supposed to be counting on. Um, it it would have been nice to see a few Troy Brown minutes. Um, I you know. I, I know he hasn't been the most consistent player, but for him to completely fall out of the rotation uh, feels strange. Um, just having his size, his athleticism, his mobility, I think would have been a a nice counter to having Kyle Anderson out there um, defending some threes and fours that kind of pretty consistently blew by him on defense. Uh Kyle really struggled defensively. He was one of the big issues containing that point of attack, like I was talking about earlier. And, you know, I know Troy Brown's not this defensive stalwart, but just he's a little more fleet of foot, uh, moves a little easier, can contain those guys a little more effectively, plus the outside shooting that he provides. So it, it would have been nice to try and see what he looked like out there. Um, and, you know, maybe when Rudy was off the court, you move cat to the five Kyle to the four, then you have Troy Brown as that off ball shooter, a little more athletic uh, defender. And then you can move Kyle onto PJ Washington or someone who's, who's a little more heavy footed for Charlotte. And he's not stuck trying to contain um, Brandon Miller and then switching on to Terry Rosier. So I, I think that would have been one of the changes that I would have preferred to see, but, it's kind of consistent with the rotations he's been running recently. Uh, we haven't talked in a few weeks, you and I, but Saturday, the hot conversation outside of the refs, of course, was all about the turnovers, uh, something that's obviously been a massive thorn in their side all year long. 65 turnovers versus the Thunder in their last three games, 13 more tonight, which is actually 13. That's below their season average. But just in general, usually no matter the opponent, it's been a big problem this year. I, I just love your two cents on what's the issue. And I guess, is this just who they are? And and maybe we might just have to accept it because we're 43 games in now, man, over halfway through the season. So I guess it's kind of tough to assume any drastic or dramatic changes are coming. Or from what you're seeing, you're the X's and O's guys. Is there still some reason for, I don't know, some hope and optimism when it comes to, you know, cleaning those kinds of things up? I mean, there, there, there's always hope, right? We, we should always have hope, always especially hope. as Minnesota, Minnesota sports fans. Um, but and historically, real, true championship contenders don't turn the ball over as much mm-hmm. as the Timberwolves are. They're in like the bottom five with teams like San Antonio, um, Detroit, Washington, some of the worst in the league. So if they really, really, really do expect to be in the finals or Western Conference finals and be fighting for a ring at the end of this, like, I think that should be the expectation at this point They they have to clean it up. Um, what we see, I mean, it's, it's always tough when Mike Conley's not out there to kind of, for sure. st- to steady the ship. Yep. Um, but I, a lot of ants turnovers have come when he's trying to navigate traffic and when he gets multiple hands digging in, uh, from help de- help defenders, he tends to just really, fumble the ball away um against okc he was trying to do too much in terms of passing and playmaking and that consistency from his passing isn't quite there yet we you know we know cat's good for one or two offensive fouls a game and you wild passes that sail into the fifth row too so i think it's just kind of who this team is and especially when mike conley's off the floor whether resting like he was tonight or just going to the bench for a handful of minutes because he has to sit they don't really have anyone else to kind of steady the ship. Um, Kyle Anderson's been super turnover prone too, which is kind of rare for him. Um, but like we saw late in 
the game here when he gets into that kind of really slowed, elongated Euro step, he's often leaving his feet. And if the help defenders not, or if the, the help defenders are staying home on their guys, whether it's a shooter in the corner or staying tight to Rudy on the roll, he kind of gets lost in no man's land and just throws it away. Like we saw him in the final minute tonight. So it, it's really tough. And there, I don't think there is an easy solution for it right now, other than guys just simplifying their games and just taking what's in front of them and not trying to do too much. Uh, I always like to spend a quick 60 seconds or so on the opposing team every night. I know Charlotte, not a team that, you know, the wolves are going to play 50 times a year, but just talk to me about the Hornets team. That was 14 point underdogs coming in, but tonight, I mean, they just look like the better team and can clearly shoot the lights out with the talent they have Miller and bridges, man, they were money all night. Just, just tell us a little bit more about Charlotte, their young core they're building over there right now. And, I guess how far away are they from being maybe really competitive again in your eyes? Yeah, and the the big story for them tonight was just their mid-range shooting. They shot 72.7% from the mid-range tonight, and big culprits in that were Brandon Miller, Terry Rozier, LaMelo Ball, Miles Bridges. Um, I, the, the building blocks for this team are Brandon Miller and LaMelo Ball. They're really, really talented. We saw why. We saw tonight why Brandon Miller went second overall Mm -hmm. um, to Charlotte. He is a legit bucket getter, incredible size, good defender. Um, You know, people kind of ragged on him at Alabama because all he took was mostly threes and was pretty inconsistent around the rim. But in high school, he was this mid-range assassin that people were comparing to DeMar DeRozan. Um, We saw that tonight. We've started seeing that from him all season. Uh, They also didn't have Mark Williams playing tonight. He's been hurt uh, recently. So I think Mark Williams, Brandon Miller, LaMelo Ball, that's kind of the core that they're looking to build around. It's tough not to get excited long-term. They've been really, really bad this year, but I think that's more so a testament to kind of being a funky roster and the the role players not necessarily complementing their young core. So after some of these guys' contracts either expire or they move them or trade them or whatever, but I think two, three years from now when Brandon Miller – Ball Williams are really hitting their stride and getting into their prime. If they've done a just a decent job of kind of filling in the space around them, I, I think Hornets fans should be pretty excited about how kind of talented and at, at very least how fun they're off. Right. Be. At least they're fun, man. Yeah. It's like yeah. the NFL. It's like, if we're going to lose, can we lose <laughs> exactly. 51 to 50? Can it be a shootout? Can it be fun? Throw up some home runs and some splash plays and fireworks along the way. It's just kind of, uh, stemming off that I'm an NFL draft nerd. I just love that stuff, man. Yeah. Don't know the NBA as well as you do, but that 2020 class, I just pulled it up. There's some studs in the mix now, man. You got ant number one, overall LaMelo three Halliburton, 12 Tyrese Maxey, 21 Jaden McDaniels, 29. What do you think about that class and where it is now? Is it better, worse, or kind of what you expected? Um, I, I think it's a little better than kind of consensus okay. um, thought of it going going into it. Um, you know that that was the COVID year where we had like right. two two extra months of draft prep, and mm-hmm. we all, it, myself especially, had just overthought way too much of it. There was those weird intel stories coming out, especially right. about Ant <laughs> and how he just didn't even like basketball. That that's not that turned out not to be true, um, but. It, it it just kind of showed the, the 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 pitfalls of overthinking stuff and almost having too much time to prepare because there there's been a lot of really talented guys to come out of it, and 
um you know if you did a redraft it would look very very different than first sure. yeah night. absolutely yeah that would be a lot of fun to read an article about something like that i see a lot of nfl draft redo drafts where would these guys go now lamar jackson all right number one overall 2017 quarterback class was crazy i digress a quick look at the schedule and what's on deck moving forward that's all coming up next Quick reminder, tonight's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more with America's number one sportsbook and official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Right now, new customers, you're getting $150 in bonus bets when you place any, and I mean any, $5 wager. $150 in bonus bets when you throw down just $5 on any bet. And you don't even have to win this promo was made for a guy like me, and I know you're going to love it too. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, no better time to get in on all the action. The app, so easy to use, and they got everything you need. Money lines, parlays, prop bets, over-unders, you name it. They got it. FanDuel's got everything you need to bet on the entire NBA season, and it's by far the easiest and simplest betting app to use. Go check it out for yourself. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today. America's number one sportsbook. FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. All right, schedule coming up now. The next few games, Wizards, Nets, Spurs, all on the road. But all three teams, if the season were to end today, would not make the playoffs. So, I mean, I guess you're hoping for some tune-up games there before you meet OKC again Monday the 29th. What's your thoughts when you hear that stretch, though? What's What's got to happen? What do you want to see the most from this Wolves team? I mean, th- three wins would be fantastic. That would be nice. Um, Let's start there. But, yep. you know, preferably three kind of just convincing wins where they don't get out to a big lead and then let their guy or let the other team work their way back into it mm-hmm. due to complacency like we saw tonight and kind of in recent games like I mean, Pistons wasn't super convincing. The final of that Memphis game ended up being uh, a bit more extreme than what the game was. Um, you know, uh, it, it's just just go take care of business because you don't want to go into that Oklahoma City matchup tired and fatigued or injured um, because you, you want to go back and even that series with the Thunder because that could be a huge tiebreaker come playoff time. Um, so I, I think three convincing wins where the defense kind of gets back to what it has been for 99% of this year, where guys are really shutting down the opponents and sticking to their assignments, executing their responsibilities. And, you know, yeah, it'd be great if the offense really kind of started flowing and whatnot too. But I I think just reestablishing that defensive dominance is going to be really, really important heading into that OKC game. Uh, trade deadline creeping up two, three weeks to go. Give me, give me one move you're banging the table for that. Maybe you've kind of drawn up that says, okay, this is realistic and it makes sense. It behooves this roster and team. What's one trade that again, is just in the realm of being realistic. You're drawn up for the wolves. If you're playing GM. God, man, it's, it's tough because every team I look at, you know, the, the ones where you're like, oh, that'd be a fun fit. They're in like that 15 to $18 million range and right. don't really have the salaries to make that trade. I don't, think, like, I don't think all fans realize how difficult it is. It's fun to sit here yeah. and draw up and talk about and, and you know, kind of daydream about this stuff. It is difficult when it comes to the logistics. There's so many different variables and all of sports to actually get a lot of deals done at the trade deadline, which is why outside of baseball, you just don't see a ton. Yeah, and, you know, 
have to remember other team has to say yes. So I can't just, you know, right. package Shake Milton, Troy Brown, Wendell Moore, you know, and a co- Luca Garza, some guys who aren't playing to get to 15 million and give it to the other team. They're not going to want that. Um, one that I'm really kind of intrigued by, I, there, there are two names, Luke Kennard, Tyus Jones, I think are the two kind of really intriguing names. I'm not sure how feasible either of these are, but basically the package consists of um, one of Troy Brown and Troy Brown or Shake Milton plus Kyle Anderson matches on money for both of those guys. Um, the earliest first that this team can trade out is the 2029 pick, which I don't think either team would be uber excited about. Maybe Memphis a little more uh, since they can be a little more patient, but Kennard has a team option after this year. So expiring con- contract, basically Tyus is a free agent after this year, but I believe that his bird rights come with him. So they, mm. the wolves could theoretically go over the cap to resign him um, and, you know, kind of have that, point guard stability going forward so i it's tough it's tough i i really don't think there's a realistic move for them to make and there are a lot of names out there that you know you could kind of get excited about like a royce o'neill or or, Mm. um dorian finney smith or alex caruso but every time i look at what the wolves can offer realistically and what someone else can offer i i just don't think the wolves are going to have the best package at the end of the day No, well said. I'm glad you're being realistic about it. And again, maybe tempering expectations for a lot of fans thinking about, all right, okay, starting to struggle, get a little cold here, back-to-back losses at home, first time all year. Hey, what kind of deal? Maybe they got to go make a splash before the deadline. All right, easier said than done. That's all we're saying. Uh, Well done tonight, though. As always, great to see you again. Glad. Uh, Again, we're able to come on here and vent with everyone after some of these tough losses, despite Cat's career record setting 62 points. The Wolves dropped this one. They dropped a 30 and 12 on the year. All of a sudden, they watched that lead shrink to just a half game with the Thunder and the Nuggets now breathing down their neck. Back on the road for the next three, starting with the Wizards Wednesday night. That tip off 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. And again, another matchup with that OKC team just a week away as well. As always, huge shout out to everyone that joined us in the postcast. Always love everyone's feedback and comments and notes every night. Rest assured, we'll be back each and every game. Same time, same place right here to break it all down. Got to go check out all of Tyler's work on Twitter, at Team Metcalf 11. By the way, anything new coming out, Tyler, or anything, again, we haven't spoken at least 10 days, if not two weeks. Anything new over the last two weeks or so that we should go check out? A couple Timberwolves things I'm working on, but not not not, not no, no specific date, um, but... If you're a draft fanatic, uh, go check out NoCeilingsNBA.com. I'll have some stuff up um, Friday, but we have stuff going up every day over there, too. So. Love that. Keeping my eyes peeled for that, for sure. And make sure you check out the Minnesota basketball party with the full crew. You got Sam Ekstrom, Gophers legend Ron Johnson, Carol Evans, Reggie Wilson. That's each and every Wednesday afternoon. And on top of that, if you haven't already, Got to go check out Ben Beacon. He's spitting some hot fire over on the Lockdown Wolves podcast each and every day as well. That'll do it for us tonight. He's Tyler Metcalf. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter at Luke underscore Spinman. Until next time, signing out. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Lockdown podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.